Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with your treasures stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life, you'll have all you need, just receive with a willing heart. You'll be set for life, you'll be on your way any day you decide to start. Friends, there is no greater love than this. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. God wants you. He wants you because He loves you. The problem is there's sin between us and Him, and that's why He wants to settle accounts. God does not want to condemn you. Christians, non-Christians, anybody, everybody that hears me, God does not want to condemn you. You hear this talk, the stories about God being this judge, and He's ready to slash everybody down. God does not want to condemn you. He wants to save you. That's what He wants to do. Now, in this parable, the servant was not changed. He merely had a form of godliness while denying its power, which is probably what most Christians seem to be doing these days. He went around telling people how forgiven he probably was, but then turned around and choked somebody else for owing him. The king said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? Friends, when you claim to be forgiven by Jesus, but you refuse to forgive others who offended you, then you are having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Well, if I forgive again and again and again, they're just going to walk on me. That's denying God's power. They ain't going to walk on you. You're a conqueror. Don't just have a form of godliness. When you have a form of godliness, but deny its power, that ticks God off something fierce. And that's what happened to the king. Was he not mad? He was quite angry. If God can forgive you of your sin, then you certainly can forgive others of theirs. And I want to illustrate. I want us to take notice of the two different amounts that were owed. If you look uh, in verse 24, the servant owed the king 10,000 talents. And then someone else owed that servant in verse 28, 100 denarius, or in plural is denarii. Denarii. 100 denarii. 100 denarius was owed by the fellow servant. One denarius is one day's wages. You work for one day, you get one denarius. And so a 100 denarii is a 100 days wages. A 100 days wages. And I hope my math is right because <laughs> I tried, okay? Just trying to make a picture here. A 100 denarii is a 100 days wages. That's what was owed by the fellow servant. So now how many denarii is in one talent? Well, if you work 50 weeks per year, that's two weeks off a year for vacations, holidays that they had, then a whole year, 50 weeks, working six days a week, 50 times six is 300. That's 300 denarii. 300 denarii is one year's pay. So now, to get to a talent, we have to do 300 denarii times 20 years of work. 300 times 20 is 6,000 denarii. That is one talent. You see how big this is getting? (laughs) 20 years of work makes one talent. 
So let's say you work for 20 years. Congratulations. You paid off one talent, only 9,999 to go. 10,000 talents were owed by the servant. To pay that off at an average guy's work, you have to work 20 years times 10,000 talents. You have to work for 200,000 years to pay that debt. Now, the king threw this guy in jail. Inmates don't make near what average, regular, outside workers get. So now your income just went down even more. And I did kind of an idea to get a picture. Uh, the, with minimum wage at about seven twenty-five an hour, I think it is, the average American inmate makes about 92 cents an hour. That's about an eighth, one-eighth of minimum wage. Now you have to work eight times longer to get the same pay. So we're at 200,000 years. If you work eight times longer than that, he would have to work for 1,600,000 years to pay what he owed the king. It is a debt you cannot possibly pay. 1,600,000 years. The oldest man to ever live in the Bible was Methuselah. He almost made it to 1,000 years. He would have had to live his life 1,600 consecutive times to pay that debt off. It cannot be paid. It's too big. It's too big. And so if verse 34 said his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay back what was due to him, how long do you think that unforgiving servant spent in prison? The rest of his life. He never came out ever again. Jesus has offered us forgiveness, the zeroing out of our debt, of our sin. If his offer of forgiveness does not change you to go out and forgive others, then the warning is that God will throw you into the condemnation of hell to be tortured, and you will never, ever, never come out again. The debt's too big. If he offered to wipe that debt out, should we not have the same desires as our Father and go out and forgive others? How much did the servant owe him? That's payable. That's doable. You can pay that. Take a little bit, you'll pull it off but not 10,000 talents, can't pay it. If Jesus is truly our Lord, it is commanded that we forgive others. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, underline, highlight, as I have loved you. As I loved you, that you love one another. Jesus loved you enough to die for your total forgiveness. When you get saved for real, then your death penalty comes up off of you and goes back in time to Jesus at the cross so that He can go to the grave with a penalty upon Him instead of you going to your grave with a penalty of death upon you, the sin debt. This is why Jesus is the only way to the Father. And if we're going to love others the way He loved us, then we've got to forgive them totally the way He forgave us totally. Because that's payable. So, Ray, you're saying I have to forgive everybody. Well, somebody really hurt me, and I will not forgive them. Remember the end of the parable. Jesus said, the servant was delivered to the torturers, and so my heavenly Father will do to you if you don't forgive. This is not a harsh story full of bad news. I know at first it sounds like it. It's not. It's not a harsh story full of bad news. It's a great story full of good news. Because you can have all that just off that you could never pay is gone. That is exciting. To know that you can be truly forgiven and totally, totally forgiven. 
But what this story does is it puts you into a re- reality check, doesn't it? It puts you in position where to, to, to realize where you stand with God and where your friends stand with God and what you can do with the, for them to help them see Jesus. Where you truly stand with God. I, see, I don't want you to be deceived where you get thrown into torturers for all eternity. I want you to go to heaven with me where I'm going. I don't want anybody leaving out of here deceived into thinking they're saved when they're not, when their behavior proves otherwise. Having that form of godliness, but denying its power. I don't want that to be anybody. Not anybody here or anybody you know. I want you to go to heaven like I am. But you will not go to heaven. You will not be saved if you do not forgive. Because you will share the same desires of your Father. The question is, which Father's desires do you have? The Father of lies? Or Father God? Which one is it? That's the choice everybody needs to make today. Which father am I serving? Do I get on the internet and choke other people out for offending me? Do I hate somebody because they did me wrong? Am I pressuring them? Am I cutting them down? Am I insulting them, accusing them, choking them? Which am I? That servant that was forgiven everything by the king, he should have gone out and forgiven everybody else, but he was selfish. He goes, oh, I'm out of debt. This is all profit now. I had a wrong heart. He wouldn't change at all. Jesus will change you. You know, it's not hard to forgive others. It's really not. You'll think about it, and you'll defeat yourself in your own mind before you actually get around to doing it, but it's not that hard because the debt they owe you is not near as big as the debt we owe God. So what should we do now? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to recall how the parable got started. It says the king wanted to settle accounts, and so he summoned the servant to him. And so we need to be like this. Being saved in Jesus should give you the same desire that you will make the effort to call people up and summon them. Write them an email. Text them. Snail mail. Do it as close or far as you want. Just do something. Don't do nothing. Anything you can come up with to settle differences with them, it's not as hard as you think. I had this thing I did called Forgiveness Week when I first got this story hit me. I, you know, Facebook had come out, it got to where you could find absolutely anybody. And I dug up everybody in my past that I had differences with, and I wrote them each a personal message, and I put specifics. I'm sorry I did this to you. I'm sorry we have differences on this. It doesn't matter now so much, I guess, but it matters in the fact that I hurt you and I want to clear the air. And I sent it, I'm off the hook. Doesn't matter what they say back. It matters that you tried and you put forth that effort. That's what matters. Ray, you don't understand what they did to me. You don't know what they did. You don't know how they hurt me, Ray. Well, that's okay. You don't know what we did to Jesus at the cross either. Well, Ray, you just don't get it. Hey, God gets it. I don't have to get it. God gets it. It's still, it's still accountable between us and God. And He still commands we do this. Well, whatever, Ray, I'm not going to forgive. That doesn't mean I'm going to be condemned for it. I'm a Christian. Are you? Do you know what a Christian is? A Christian is one who shares the same desire of his father. Jesus literally said, if you don't forgive, God the Father will throw you to the torturers for the duration of your debt. You will not be saved ever because you will never come out. You'll never come out. Well, Ray, my God would never do that. The God you made up, I'm sure He wouldn't. This is the real God of the Bible. You know, it's not my place to make you feel bad. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to warn you. 
so that you can know your options, so that you can know where you stand and what you need to do about it. And I've given you suggestions. You can do it your own way. Just do something. It's your choice if you're going to follow today's teaching, being truly saved. Praise God that He gave us this word in his, this parable that we could even have this to understand by. Because just like I did what I did every time I drink, didn't know what I was doing, I have spent a whole lifetime hating people and didn't even know I was doing it. And God goes, hey, that'll get you in trouble. Well, now I'm aware. Well, now I know what I can do. That's why we're going over this. You need to know where you stand. 1 John 2.6 says, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Sounds right, doesn't it? And I know what's going on right now, y'all. You're thinking about some people that you need to forgive and you don't want to do it. I know. And you're thinking, oh, this is going to be one humdinger to pull off. Not if you let God take care of it. You want them to be saved? Do you want them to see who Jesus really is? Well, man, here's your shot. And you can deliver it better than anybody else in this world because you have a special way to get to them now because of this forgiveness. Wow, what an opportunity. Let me read to you something that um, Corey Ten Boom said. She wrote about, she survived the Nazi Holocaust in the concentration camps. Her sister died. Uh, a lot of books. Uh, the Hiding Place movie, you can watch it. It's about what they went through. Here's what she wrote. She, after the war, she went and preached forgiveness. Here's what she said. She says, It was at a church service in Munich that I saw him, the former SS man who had stood guard at the shower room door in the processing center at Ravensbrück. He was the first of our actual jailers that I had seen since that time. And suddenly, it was all there. The room full of mocking men, the heaps of clothing, Betsy's pain-blanched face. He came up to me as the church was emptying, beaming, and bowing. He said, how grateful I am for your message to think that, as you say, he has washed my sins away. And he thrust out his hand to shake mine. And I, who had preached so often to the people the need to forgive, kept my hand at my side. Even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me and help me to forgive him. I tried to smile. I struggled to raise my hand. But I could not. I felt nothing, not the slightest spark of warmth or charity. And so again, I breathed a silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. As I took his hand, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder, along my arm, and through my hand, something like a current seemed to pass from me to him. While into my heart, sprang such a love for this stranger that it almost overwhelmed me. That was written by Corey Timboom. And you know, everybody knows the Lord's Prayer. But do you know what comes right after it? Matthew 6 and 14. If you forgive men their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Here's your shot, guys, to go make good with a lot of people and really show them Christ and get that burden of sin, not off them, off you. Because it's on you. This is going to help you. (laughs) 
Don't think, oh, this is a fight coming. I don't want to do it. This is good for you. Through Jesus, we can do this. Now, the servant would not forgive because the king's grace did not change him. That means he rejected it. My question to you, and you don't have to answer me here, did this message change you? I hope it did. Because we're responsible now. That's one of the things about coming into a message. You're more responsible when you leave than when you showed up. Don't reject God's grace of salvation. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He'll give you a new heart that matches His own desires to love others and have compassion on them. But you can't do this with your old sinful ways holding the reins. My advice is to drop dead. Drop dead to your old life and give it to Jesus in exchange for a new and better life. Our salvation cost Jesus an astronomically high price. That debt we went over on just one man's debt, that was one guy's debt. Jesus paid the price for all of our debt, all at once on the cross in one day. And that's something. God's got lots of money, and He can afford everything. He can afford to take care of your issues. He can pay the debt for you, and He can also pay the debt for those you need to reconcile with. And He offers all of this to us for free. Absolutely free. And so if I can make a suggestion to you, make a list. Start writing it down. Something. Make a list of everyone that you need to reconcile with. And I mean everyone. Leave no one out. That's even if they're not here anymore. Even if they're gone. Forgive them. Reconcile with them. Even and especially the ones that you really don't want to. Find them, email them, text them, whatever it takes. Settle accounts with them. God is waiting to work through your life. Remember, you're not worthless, you're priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Father God, we thank You for this day. We thank You for the message, Lord. It was difficult to give, and it was difficult to hear. But as we digest it, Lord, we know it's going to produce Your righteousness. And so in our inner man, in our inner being, we delight in that because it delights You. Lord, everyone in the room is going over names of people they need to get right with. I ask You, Father God, to enable them, to gift them, to help them. Go to each one of those people and settle accounts. We summon them, Lord, and we make things right. And wow, the blessing on the other side of it is going to be better than we can imagine. Lord, we have a, our sin nature says, I don't want to do this. But my inner being with the Holy Spirit says, I do want to do this. Lord, some people in the room don't know how yet they're going to do it. Give them instruction. Give them the way to do it that's going to work with that person and those people. Lord, precondition those people out there that we're going to make amends with and forgive. Start conditioning their heart through various whatever circumstances they're in. They don't even know about this message, Lord, but you're already getting them ready. And we're going to go to each and every one of them. We're going to, make, we're going to summon them to settle accounts. Lord, let it be a blessed time that we're thankful we did it. Lord, thank you for telling me to do this message today. I look at this message and I say, not that one but in my inner being, because you're my God, I delight in it. Lord, teach your people to delight in this message, not to dread it, and that we, the body of Christ, are here to help them all and encourage them with the job they now have to go out and do. This is how we grow your church, Lord God. 
by obeying and showing people Christ. Loving them like you loved us. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to do communion to remember the sacrifice that Jesus did dying for us. You know, those people you're thinking about right now, all those things they did to you, you're thinking about it. Well, they did this to me. They did this to me. They did this to me. Jesus knows what you did to him, too. And he died on the cross for you anyway. Aren't you glad he did it? I'm thankful. He didn't have to. He could have said, Ray, no, you messed me over one too many times. I'll die for others, but I ain't dying for you. He could have said that. And it would have been just. But he included me. He included you. He included absolutely every one of you. And so my desire should be that I include everyone that I need to go summon also. Because I was included, include them. All of them. And when they ask you, what prompted you to do this? You tell them, Jesus Christ, and the salvation that He offered me, I want you to experience it with me. And you watch what He does. Guys, we got some good times coming. Like I said, this is not a dreaded message. This is a good message. Review your heart today, you guys. Find the delight in doing this. 1 Corinthians 11 and 23, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. Check that out. I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. How cool. But we're going to do that. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let's take this as representation of his body. And let's take the cup in remembrance of what Jesus did. Guys, we have to remember what Jesus did for us. We've got to remember, remember, remember. It will cause you to go out and do the same for others. Let's remember what He did for us. Lord, I proclaim Your death till You return. Thank You, Father, for this day. Lord, we're going to go out and do kingdom work today. The rough stuff, but the good stuff. Thank You for being with Your people. Lord, some people in here are struggling with this one. Help them. Help them, God. Show them what to do. Lord, I set myself aside. I'm dead. I died with you on the cross. I have nothing which I can still hang on to that tells, me, that tells me, Ray, no, you will not forgive that person. Not one ounce of pride, not one ounce of stubbornness. I'm dead to it. It's done. It's gone. I can't hold it anymore. I live for you now, and I will trust you completely with this. Thank you, Father, for helping me through it. I look forward to the blessing. In Jesus' name. listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you through a line-by-line, verse-by-verse study in God's Word. Jesus said, 
in John 8, verse 31. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless, you are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.